It's time for the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, Falcomaniacs. Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Faulkner, joined, as always, by my illustrious co-host, Mr. Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm just throwing up over myself seeing a stat that says James Conner has scored 15 touchdowns on the season already. It's here, man. We're in the Monday Nighter of Week 14, the last week of the regular season for fantasy. Every single play is huge. There's so many people watching this game right now, you know, on eggshells, uh, loving every play, hating every play. OBJ with three straight games with a touchdown. It's just a, such a fun time of year, and uh, I can't wait to see how this game plays out, and then we'll get into the playoffs. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. How you Abs- doing? I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm a little bit in mourning, to be honest with you, because it's such an exciting time of year, and I'm so pumped to be getting ready for the playoffs. But at the same time, like uh, like you just said, this is it. This is the last game of the fantasy regular season. We had an extra week. Like last year, we would have been wrapping up week one of the playoffs right now. I I honestly just can't believe that it's almost over. We've only got a few more uh, few more weeks of fantasy magic happening and then uh you know we're getting ready for 2022 it's devastating yeah you know what I, I, maybe i'm a little more excited because i have rebuilt in, in our league of note and i'm i've been looking forward to the off season for so long in that league um but i can't wait to see how the playoffs shake out we're going to cover that later on but uh this week was huge for a lot of teams and uh some teams showed up and some teams didn't just like uh, in every league i'm sure yeah, well, and just like in the NFL, you know, it's any given any given Sunday, any given Thursday, Sunday, Monday, this coming week, Saturday. It's all great. Uh, anyways, folks, welcome in. If you're new to the show, welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. We hope you have fun. If you're a returning Falcon maniac, welcome back. Uh, you know, like Jeff mentioned, we're in the we're in the middle of the Monday night game for week 14. It's wrapping up tonight and with a banger. We got the Cardinals and the Rams going at it. Two of the top two of the top powers in the NFL going at it. I love it. Great way to kick off playoff week. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't already down, uh, subscribed to the show, make sure you do. We are out twice a week during season Tuesday and Friday. Uh, we've got everything you need from the previous week and looking ahead to the matchups coming up and hopefully get all those questions answered so you can optimize your lineup and go get those fantasy Falcon championships. And if you're looking for breaking news or just some more uh, fantasy Falcon football content, make sure that you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Football. Uh, real quick before we get into the the real episode here, I saw a tweet when I woke up Sunday morning and I laughed so hard. It was from a Steelers fan and it said, it feels pretty good knowing the Steelers can't hurt me today. And uh, I laughed out loud for a little while at that. Uh, you know, we had that rough Thursday night game and, you know, what a comeback. If that game was five quarters, we'd probably win by 30 points. But anyways, we ended up losing. And uh, I wanted to mention three onside kicks recovered by uh, the, the offense this weekend. And I happened to watch all three live with my son, Andy, who's like just starting to get into football and understand the rules. And it was the first time he's really kept attention on an onside kick. And the first three he's ever seen were all recovered by the offense. So now he thinks he's like, why don't teams do this every time? It seems so easy. Um, pretty crazy day and pretty hilarious uh, to watch him watch that. So, uh, yeah, man, fantasy football and football coming together. Pretty sweet. Uh, we're 86 episodes into this thing, dude. Uh, we've been doing the jersey swap, and we're going to do the number 86, which had some uh, kind of, you know, it didn't have as many names as I thought it would with uh, the number being in this in the mid-80s here. But let's go through it. Number 86, we got from the NHL, Jack Hughes, 
Uh, Kucherov from the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't even know his first name, Kyle. What is it? Is it Nikita? Nikita. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a pretty good player, I guess. Uh, Dalton good. Schultz, Zach Ertz, or uh, Heinz Ward, uh, number 86. Which one are you going with? Oh, there's no question here. Uh, you know, Kucherov is, he's he's had some injury troubles the last couple of years, but he's one of, uh, you know, the best players in the league talent-wise. Um, Jack Hughes just kind of starting out his career, but, uh, you know, another superstar um, young talent. But uh, there's no question here. Mr. Smiley himself, Heinz Ward, um, you know, I, I usually shy away from being the Steelers homer, but uh, he's another one of those players that uh, just – you know, exemplifies those those Super Bowl winning teams and such a such a big piece of the um, not just of the team but of the whole the whole culture of the Steelers. Um, yeah, he's an easy one for me. What about you? Yeah, it's Heinz Ward for me too. But my question for you is, which Heinz Ward jersey are you going with? Uh, Steelers <laughs> jersey or the Gotham? I think they're the Gotham Knights jersey from Batman. And- yeah, the, the Dark, Dark Knight, Knight Returns. Rises. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, that was a pretty uh, that was a pretty spectacular scene. Um, you know, the football field crumbling behind him. He runs it all the way back and then turns around. And there's just nothing there. Um, I'm not sure uh, the age that he was when that was filmed. I'm not sure that that was accurate. <laughs> that he could have pulled that one off. It kind of reminded me of like I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen the clip of the like the hundred year old uh, Air Force guy and they bring him in in the inter squad game and let him you know kind of shuffle his yep. way to a touchdown. <laughs> Pretty similar to that. But uh, no, I I would go with the uh, I'd go with just the classic black and gold Steelers jersey. Yeah, me too. That one just came up a ton on Google when I searched number 86. So <laughs> Absolutely. Anyways, anyways uh, we got lots to talk about, lots of craziness uh, from this past weekend in the NFL. But before we do that, uh, we're going to play a little game in the opening kickoff. What are you going to do, big guy? And what you going to do? What you want, what you want, what you going to do? All right, Jeff, so we are heading into the fantasy football playoffs, and we are at a crossroads on a lot of Falcomaniacs teams. They have decisions to make. They have people that have surprised them and played above where they should have been, and they have people that have been disappointing, and it's a scary prospect because, you know, maybe you coasted into the playoffs with a couple of tough losses, but now it's one and done. If you make the wrong choice, your season's over and you're going to be a bitter you're going to be a bitter fella about it or a bitter gal. So, looking at some of these superstar names, these highly drafted players for the most part, I want to know what are you going to do? What you going to do, Jeff? So, let's look at the wide receivers first. We've got two wide receivers, Hollywood Brown or DK Metcalf. So, just to give you some context, Hollywood Brown since week 10, here's his stat lines. 6 for 37, 8 for 51. 5 for 55, and 5 for 41. Now, he missed a game in there. He was absent week 11. No touchdowns and only one, only uh, two games over 50 yards, none over 55 yards. Or would you rather go with DK Metcalf since week 10? 3 for 26, 4 for 31, 1 for 13, 5 for 60, and then this past week, 4 for 43. Which way are you going? Who are you rolling out in the uh, quarterfinals? Uh, without you know looking at their match. Tips right now, and obviously there's some uncertainty at quarterback with uh, Lamar leaving the game uh, with that ankle injury, which we'll talk about a little later here. Um, I think it's DK just because Russ is looking more and more comfortable every week, and I think he's going to get DK more involved as he's more comfortable back in the pocket. So 
uh, yeah, just because of the uncertainty of quarterback with Hollywood, and I don't haven't loved the passing game. Obviously, they're there all year, so uh, yeah, I'm going DK. Yeah, I'm with you on that one um, for the same reason. Assuming health for Lamar, uh, I think Russ is you know looking more like the Russ that we were hoping for. And uh, Lamar, on the other hand, is looking more like teams have kind of cracked the code. They're sending those blitzes and making them uncomfortable, and the the passing game is suffering. All right. At yeah, the no, r- I will say oh, before yeah, I know sure. we're going to go to the next one. Uh, you know, Tyler Huntley. I don't know if he's worse or better for the pass catchers in Baltimore. Uh, it's it's you know he completed twenty seven of what thirty eight passes on Sunday in relief. Uh, you know, so I'm not sure how that plays out. Obviously, Lamar's the man when he comes back, but the. You know, if Sarah's Owen and the Batemans and the Hollywood Browns and the Andrews, I don't know which one you would rather. Well, and that's the thing is this is a guy in Huntley who, you know, going into the season, I, I'll be honest, I had never heard his name and I was reading about him, um, you know, in a preseason um, just kind of depth chart article. And they were talking about the Ravens bringing him in because he was just like basically Lamar Light, they called him. He couldn't run quite as well. He couldn't pass quite as well. But there was they wouldn't need to change anything. He was just going to be able to kind of run the system as is. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I would say honestly that, uh, he, you know, he's hyper targeted Andrews and, uh, and even Rashad Bateman really benefited from having him in there this past week. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm sure it'll be Lamar though. If he, uh, if he can go at all, he's going to go. All right. Looking at the running back position here. So we've got Ezekiel Elliott since week 10, Zeke Elliott, he had, you know, a couple of big couple of big performances. He went 14 for 41 and two touchdowns. 9 for 32, not so good. 9 for 25 and two, pretty good. And then the last couple of weeks, 13 for 45 and 12 for 45. So a real up and down. Or we've got Aaron Jones, who since week 10, 7 carries for 25 yards, 10 for 23. Five for 35 and a touchdown plus a receiving touchdown. That was this past week uh, where, you know, he made a lot of people's fantasy days, but really five for 35, uh, take away the two scores and not so happy. Now, he did miss week 11 with injury and had a bye week, so a pretty limited sample size. But if you had to plug one of those guys in in your running back position, which way are you going, Aaron Jones or Ezekiel Elliott? Well, it's, it's crazy to say this right now, right? Because both guys are kind of being overtaken before our eyes. We've got Tony Pollard. I know he was out this week, but he's looked better than Zeke basically all season. And I don't know if uh, A.J. Dillon has looked better than Aaron Jones, but the last two weeks he's getting used more. And, you know, I'm not sure if that's by design for the Packers keeping Aaron Jones healthy for when it counts um, or if it's just they feel that A.J. Dillon's role is – well, it's working. Obviously, they're getting the W. So, um as far as this question, though, um, I'm taking Aaron Jones over Zeke. I just I think he looked really, really explosive the last game or last night against the Bears. Um, yeah, the usage wasn't really there, but I think that's because they were up and they weren't worried about the Bears. Um, I think they're going to keep Jones fresh, and I think he's going to be a stud the rest of the way. I mean, I'm have you know I'm losing confidence more and more every week with Zeke. Yeah, I'm going with Jones as well, and uh, largely, honestly, based on the fact that the Packers are coming together as a team, uh, more so than the Cowboys seem to be, even though, you know, the Cowboys are are getting the W, like you said, but uh, it's not quite as sharp as you'd hope for. Uh, but also, I'm I'm not uh, as confident in Zeke's overall health, right? We had all that talk about the knee and, and limited reps. I don't know if you saw the much of the game this weekend, but he was actually out of the game for a little bit until the Cowboys needed to properly run the clock, and then they brought him back in. So I'm not sure if he tweaked something or they were just managing his load. But, uh, 
yeah, I you know we had high hopes and Zeke started the season off hot, but uh, I'd have to go Aaron Jones with this one. All right, last one, quarterback, and it's a couple division rivals, and this one is even yucky to read. So we've got the former MVP, Lamar Jackson. Since week 10, here are his stat lines. Uh, He passed for 231 yards, one touchdown, one interception with 39 rushing yards. He went for 165 with a touchdown and four interceptions and had 68 rush yards that game. And then 253... One touchdown, one interception, and 55 rush yards. Uh, he missed week 11, and I didn't put in the stats from this past week because he got hurt so early. Like He only had, I think, 17 passing yards and five rushing yards, so I didn't put that in. So, you know, a guy that was drafted early and a lot of people have been relying on and hoping, uh, hoping for big things from. So you've got Lamar or Big Ben Roethlisberger. Here's what he's been doing wow. since week 10. He missed week 10 with injury. In week 11, 273 yards and three touchdowns. In week 12, 263 with one touchdown, two picks. Week 13, 236 and two. And this past week, in the in the failed comeback, 308 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. So you know it's it's not uh, it's not pretty, but the touchdown, the passing touchdown upside seems to be a lot higher with Big Ben, and even the yardage upside. Which way are you going? Which AFC North are you putting into your lineup? It's so crazy because it seems like the Bengals are the only team you can trust, uh, or offensive wise, in the division right now. But uh, I mean, assuming Lamar's healthy, and it sounds like he's not going to miss much time if he does miss any at all. Uh, it's got to be Lamar still. I mean, you know, there's what 150 rushing yards in those three dud games for him with you know, a touchdown. So um, just that that element puts him over the top. I love what Big Ben is kind of doing for fantasy. It's not getting us a lot of wins, um, but he's going to keep slinging it the rest of the year as well. It was probably his final season in the, the black and gold. So uh, it's closer than it should be, but uh, yeah, I'm still taking Lamar. See, I don't. I don't think I am as as dumb as it might be to say, and maybe I'm just a Steelers homer. I don't think I can just because it scares me too much with what teams have been able to do. Um, you know, sending the blitz and and his whole game just seems to get derailed. Right, he still has the safety floor. He adds a little bit with his rushing, and obviously we saw Taysom Hill. You know, he had four interceptions uh, two weeks ago but over 100 rushing yards and ended up with a big day this past week. Nothing special passing, but a couple rushing touchdowns and a big day. But uh, I don't, something just doesn't seem right. And then you factor in the ankle, maybe that limits his rushing. I think, I think honestly, uh, you know, the Steelers weapons that they've got and the way they also dumped the ball off to Najee Harris, I might roll the dice with Big Ben if I was in this position. Crazy. Well, that does it for the opening kickoff. We have lots to cover this week, or this episode, I should say. So let's go to it quickly here, the fantasy news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's time for fantasy football news. So not a ton to cover as far as fantasy news. We're going to do the week that was and all the games that happened. But there are, you know, this is the type of year where guys are auditioning for next year, right? And uh, you know, we've heard it with a, quite a few quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, people are saying Kirk Cousins is playing for his job. We've heard Cam Newton is, you know, auditioning for a potential keeping the starting gig in Carolina. And rookie quarterback Davis Mills is also uh, playing for a role in 
2022 for next year, he could potentially win the starting job for next year and they could maybe build around him. You know, with all the uncertainty around Deshaun Watson in that organization, it's not super promising, but this is a bad team that has draft picks um, and they should be able to get a little bit better, especially at the skill position. So Davis Mills is kind of intriguing. He's no, you know, he's not super exciting, but uh, he's made some plays and with not a lot of help around him. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays the rest of the way and, and, and what they do around him and with this decision. But I don't know. Do you think this kid has a future in the NFL? Um, yeah, like he has a future in terms of he may spend another season with the Texans, depending on how they choose to use their draft picks um, and what they end up doing with Deshaun Watson and what they get in return for that. And he has a future in terms of like five years from now, some starter's going to get hurt and they're going to announce that Davis Mills is coming in and we're going to look at each other and go, oh yeah, remember yeah. him? Remember that guy from uh, Houston? Uh, I I haven't seen anything, you know, he's he's been serviceable at times, I would say is, is fair to say. I haven't seen anything that was, you know, the excitement of like uh, like a uh, Taylor Heineke, remember, in the playoff game and almost taking down the box and, uh, you know, having his team support. I haven't seen anything like that where you just think this is magic. Um, so, yeah, not not long term for me. I think he was just a placeholder for them this year. How do you, I'm kind of rooting for him, I feel like. I don't know how you feel. I be, Now it's to the point now where you, you know, I look at the organization, I'm like, yeah, it'd be a good story for them to turn around and be competent. You know what I mean? The other team in the division, the Jags, are a hot mess, and it sounds like they're going to continue to be. Uh, so now you don't want two of those in the same division. I'm kind of rooting for Houston to get out of this funk. I don't know how it happens. I don't know what they do with Watson, but I'm kind of rooting for Davis Mills. Yeah, I think it's. I think they're just going to turn uh... – turn Watson into, you know, a lot coming back and, uh, you know, spend their draft picks wisely and hopefully stop sending all their best players away for uh, peanuts. That's probably not going to happen. We <laughs> shall see, though. Anyways, that's uh, enough Houston Texan talk for this episode. Let's check out the week that was. I won. I won. I won. I won. The week that was. How can this happen? All right. Well, I did you a service, uh, Jeff. Merry Christmas. Yeah, you, you can open your present early. You don't have to talk about this one. Uh, yeah. Thursday night football, the Vikings 36, Steelers 28. So if you listen to Friday's podcast, you got a pretty accurate sense of how things were going. We were, we were pretty, uh, you know, we were feeling lower than a snake's belt buckle in the first half of the game. And then uh, silly us, we let our hopes get up. Uh, but in the end, the Steelers fell just short, and I mean just short, right? Ball off the hands of uh, of rookie tight end Pat Fryermouth. But uh, the Vi- Vikings got it done in the uh, teams that couldn't defeat the Lions Bowl, so good for you, Minnesota. You won up us. Um, yeah, it was not great. Minnesota was up 29 to nothing at one point. I think in the first half they had outgained Pittsburgh something like 300 yards to 66 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. Um, the big story in this one was Dalvin Cook. There was kind of, it started on Wednesday. There were whispers that maybe he'd be active. And then on Thursday, yep, he's going to wear this shoulder harness. And people were afraid. People were worried about the usage. They were worried it might be, um, you know, what we saw with Daryl Henderson the week before, where it was just kind of, he was active, but in an emergency role. Uh, oh, no, just went for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Alexander Madison was irrelevant in this one. Cook looked better than ever. Um, 
so if you started him, good for you. Huge holes. Huge yeah. holes. Oh yeah, the Steelers they they looked like uh, they looked like just tackling dummies out there. They set up an obstacle course for him, told him to go ham, and and ham he did go. Um, on the black and gold side, though, man, Chase Claypool, we're going down the same road that we've gone down so many times recently. It feels like he was just a clown. Started things off with a bad penalty, almost cost a huge drive with a fumble that he was lucky video review overturned. And then when we need, you know, made a huge catch, but uh, when we need smart heads up football playing, he's celebrating a catch with the clock running in a hurry up drill and an old lineman runs over and tries to take it from him. And then in his post game presser, he blamed the wasted time on the old lineman, not just leaving him alone to dance and celebrate like a fool. Uh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I said to I said one of our group chats, I would love the team to just put some money aside and bring in, you know, Heinz Ward and Antoine Randall Al and Santonio Holmes and bring these guys in to just talk to this team and get their heads right and teach them how to be, you know, pros because it just feels like this this run of guys from Mike Wallace to Antonio Brown to Martavis Bryant to, you know, Juju and now Claypool, I just feel like we can't get our heads on right, and uh, it's causing issues up and down, you know, up and down the team, and not just during game time. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because I had high hopes for Claypool coming into the season. The talent is obviously there. You can see Big Ben's trust is not as where it was at the start of the season. He's going to guys like Ray Ray McLeod more and more. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end there, I don't know if you saw the replay where the defender came in and ripped it out. Well played by him, but still, you can't be pointing and bending and doing all this stuff and posing for your Michael Jordan uh, sponsorships. You got to Larry Fitzgerald that ball and get it back on the ground as soon as you can. So uh, hopefully he learns from this and he gets better the rest of the way. But if he continues to act like this, uh, I could see Tomlin, you know, putting him on the bench as good as he is. Yeah, well, and that's it. We've seen, you know, other talented wide receivers shipped out of town. Um with lots left in the tank just because they weren't working for the team. But uh, that remains to be seen. But anyways, we're not going to spend much more time talking about a six-win football team here. Uh, in our next matchup, we had the Falcons taking down the Panthers. This was a bit of a surprise for me. Falcons 29, Panthers 21. And uh, you've gotten the notes here. Cam Newton has lost his last 11 starts. This was not a good one for him. Um, you know, the magic we saw in his return seems to be gone. Uh, he went down the field on his first drive and ran one into the end zone, and everybody kind of thought, oh, maybe, maybe, but uh, nope, he got benched again. Uh, we might not see him again this season. We might not see him again uh, in an NFL jersey. It remains to be seen. Um, one little note for this one was uh, uh, Corderell Patterson. He didn't touch the ball in the fourth quarter for some reason. He was having a pretty good game, you know, nothing crazy. Um, but uh, they haven't said anything. They didn't announce any kind of injury. This is not what I want to hear as a Patterson manager going into a, a round one playoff matchup, and I just don't know, you know, I just don't know what the status is. Were they just resting him? Was he was he banged up? It's, it's causing me a bit of panic, so hopefully we get some news on that. Uh, DJ Moore left with a hamstring and knee injury. It sounds like he wanted to return to the game, but uh, the team wouldn't let him in. So that bears that bears watching as well. But uh, we got a real mess in we got a real mess in Carolina. New offensive coordinator and uh, un, uncertain quarterback situation for the rest of the year. And this next one was awesome to watch. Awesome in the sense that both teams for half of the game looked great, and both teams for half the game looked just garbage 
We had the Ravens taking on the Browns, and it ended up Ravens 22, Browns 24. It was split right down the middle. In the first half, the Browns looked like what they were claiming to be at the start of the year, man. They were scary good. They were moving the ball at will, and their defense was just dominating. Uh, now, part of that was Lamar Jackson going down. Um, you know, not a dirty tackle, but a guy kind of knocked into his ankle, and uh, and uh, he was carted off the field, which no Ravens fans wanted to see. Um, the diagnosis right now is a sprained ankle. Uh, he had further tests today. Sounds like he avoided a high ankle sprain, so we'll see what his status looks like for this weekend. But then in the second half, the Browns almost blow it. The Ravens got it to within two points and one of those onside kicks that you mentioned, they they kicked the ball and one of the guys in the Browns just wasn't even looking. It basically just banged right <laughs> off his shoulder pads. Like he was so focused on who he was going to block. He didn't think the ball was coming to him, I guess, or I don't know. But, uh, you know, it, at the end of the day, the Browns defense stepped up and made the made the stop when they needed to and cut the comeback short. Uh, neither team is as good as they looked like they were going to be. Um, but uh, at least I guess they both showed a little bit of what they could be. And uh, the only real thing to watch in this besides Lamar Jackson's ankle was Cream Hunt also went down. Um, sounds like he's going to have an MRI and they're calling him week to week right now. So, uh, you know, a guy that uh, a lot of people might have been counting on for their flex spots for the playoffs. Probably not going to be there. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, could be the end of the year kind of thing. We'll see. We shall see what happens there. Uh, next matchup is, is the Seattle Seahawks went to Houston and just crushed the Texans 33 to 13. A little Texas barbecue is all rest needed to get back on track. Uh, yeah, some good eats and some bad D's. That's basically what it came down to. Rashad Penny was a thing. He went off for like 137 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tyler Lockett went boom in another good game. Five catches, 142 yards and a touchdown. Russ looked great. Uh, didn't turn the ball over. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's more about Houston's defense or it is Seattle's offense coming together and Russ getting better, but it's got to be feeling good. Their defense, on the other hand, I mean, Davis Mills, I mentioned him earlier, 33 for 49, 331 yards and a score, no picks. Uh, he played pretty well against a, a bad Seahawks defense, obviously missing Jamal. All Adams in the secondary. Uh, this Seahawks team isn't good enough to make the playoffs, but it's good to see their fantasy relevancy coming back with uh, Lockett and, and Russ playing well, and potentially running back in Rashad Penny. We will talk about it later on. But uh, the Texans, hard to trust anybody outside of um, Brandon Cooks right now. He had uh, I think eight catches, was over 100 yards again. Uh, Rex Burkhead left the game with a groin injury, but you know why are we talking about Rex Burkhead? So yeah, mm-hmm. that's Houston and Seattle. It was a blowout, just like we expected. Another game that was a blowout, not as expected maybe, was the Raiders going to Kansas City and putting up a nine spot versus Kansas City's 48 points. Kyle, I don't know if you saw the start of this game, mm-hmm. but for some reason, the Raiders went out and like claimed the logo at midfield in Kansas City. And the first play of the game, Josh Jacobs drops a fumble, the scoops and score it, and sets the tone for the entire game. 48-9, to the Chiefs are on a roll right now. The AFC just got put on notice. It's still their conference. It's still going to have to go through Kansas City, it looks like. I know the New England's playing great uh, right now, but this uh, team is playing, and Kansas City's playing really well as well, especially the defense. Uh, you know, Six games in a row, they've held defense or offenses, I think, under 18 points, which is you know, not what we expect when we talk about the Chiefs. Um, Mahomes is starting to click. I know Hill didn't have a great game. He took a really hard hit, but uh, when they put up 48 points without Tyreek Hill, that just means they're gonna have a he's gonna have a boom game coming, I think, and uh, it only opens things up for him. So uh, I know you know his owners or or managers are getting kind of impatient with where they drafted him, but uh, I think you'll be okay when it's all said and done. 
And as far as the Raiders, man, I don't think a team in the NFL needs an offseason more than the Las Vegas Raiders. They just need to clean house, reset, and, and get a new focus. And, and I'm not talking about the player position. I like Derek Carr, you know, whatever. I'm just saying in management, um, coaching, they just need to, an offseason, I think, more than any team I can remember. Yeah, that's it. They just need to regroup. And, man, that – like, they're lucky their coaches didn't just walk off after that first play, honestly. To have, you know, to have your team go out like that, standing like basically a team meeting on the other team's logo, you're just giving them a reason to come out and smash you in the mouth. There's no reason to, you know, they're one of the best teams in recent history that you're going up against. And uh, yeah, you know, you want to have some swagger and all that, but I can't imagine that the coaching staff was giving the okay to that. And then on the first play of the game, a run play, you fumble the ball and it's a scoop and score. Like they're lucky that the coaches didn't just drop their clipboards and walk off the field. Uh, (laughs) You're on your own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have fun with that one, fellas. Oh boy. All right. Well, we had another uh, couple blowouts here. We had the saints 30 against the New York jets, nine points for the jets. So they uh, did just about as well as the Raiders offense, but the jets actually had a chance in this one and pretty late. Um, it just kind of came down to Zach Wilson or, or lack Wilson as, uh, as some jets fans are starting to call him. (laughs) He wasn't up to the task. He had, he was down by a score and had the ball, had a chance to tie it up. He just couldn't hit anything, man. He, you know, he connected on a couple of plays, but he was missing guys left, right, center, short passes, long passes. He's thrown it off shoes, thrown it off face masks, uh, before garbage time, he had less than a hundred yards passing. Um, he just couldn't seem to get it together. He's got a real bad habit that the coaching staff is talking about. Uh, they want him to step up in the pocket. They want him to, you know, take his few steps, drop pack, and then step up and make a play. And he just seems to drop back and drop back and drop back and drop back and drop back. And then he's either throwing off his back foot and getting picked off or he's getting sacked for a 20 yard loss. Uh, so they need to figure things out, but there's already talk about using another uh, another early draft pick on a quarterback, which is J- not T- great. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, boy. Um, now, on the other side of the ball, Taysom didn't go deep at all in this one. He played it short, but he was pretty efficient. He connected where he needed to, and uh, it was still had a good rushing attack, 70-plus yards and a couple of touchdowns, and uh, Alvin Kamara was amazing in this one. It was good to have him back after his absence. He was all by himself with Mark Ingram on the COVID list. Uh, you know, he was he was a monster running back and probably the best receiving option on the Saints as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, you know, not, not great for the saints, but, uh, kind of a feel good game for them in the end. And, uh, the jets are a, uh, avoid at all costs in fantasy these days. And this one was U-G-L-Y, Urban Ain't Got No Alibi, Jags 0, Titans 20, a shout out for the Tennessee Titans. Urban Meyer is really testing the limits of what's... <laughs> What's going to be allowed from an NFL coach in terms of relationships with his team? He's having clashes with players. He's having screaming matches on the sideline. He's putting his most talented players on the bench or or letting other coaches do that and then claiming ignorance. Uh, he apparently called all of his assistant coaches losers. Marvin Jones is unhappy. You know when Marvin Jones is unhappy, things aren't good. Guy played in Detroit and Cincinnati, and this is the first time he's had a problem with a coach. 
Um, but uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, this is definitely, you want to talk about Zach Wilson concerns? What about Trevor Lawrence or, or Trevor four ints? Cause that's what he threw four interceptions. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thank you. I stayed up all night. I'm a little tired after thinking of that one brain hurts a little, but uh, you know, he had the same number of interceptions as James Robinson had carries. It was not a good scene. And uh, mm. I don't know what to really make of it. Um, now, one of the things I know with Lawrence is that he needs to check the ball down. They are not able to pass block. This is something that we talked about in the preseason. They can't stop the pass rush. So he needs to make that first quick check and then have a safety valve. And he doesn't, he holds it, holds it, holds it, and then gets himself into trouble. So they need to uh, break some bad habits there. He is a rookie. We can't, uh, you know, expect somebody to come into the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and, and turn them into a powerhouse team. But uh, I think at this point in the season, you want to see a little bit more Um, on the Titan side of the ball. Julio came back. He didn't need to do very much in this one, but it was good to see him out there and healthy. And uh, I know uh, some teams are picking him up as a bit of a flyer going into playoffs. Our next game was a division matchup and it was a, it was a slobber knocker. It was the Cowboys and the Washington football team. The Cowboys pull out the W on the road. 27-20, uh, take a commanding lead in that division with the the win. Um, uh, Micah Parsons is a problem. He is who I wish Devin Bush was, uh, was or is, uh, and he's playing amazing football. Just give him the Defensive Rookie of the Year award right now. I know there's some great cornerbacks that were drafted, but Micah Parsons is ruining games in his first season. I don't know if you saw the quote from him this week. He's like, I said something along the lines of, uh, uh, the NFL isn't even that hard. So he's yeah. making it easy. It is easy, and he's destroying plays. And he also destroyed Tyler Haneke this week uh, with a sack that ended up uh, taking him out of the game. Um, it looks, sounds like he's going to go under, under an MRI and have some uh, more testing done. It doesn't sound like it's too serious, but, uh, yeah, he went down with an injury in this one. Terry McLaurin got smashed and knocked out of this going to put up a goose egg for a lot of teams, uh, or every team basically, um, early on in this one. Antonio Gibson was a big bust as well. The Cowboys defense is playing really, really good. It's fun. It's fast. And, uh, yeah, they're putting up points now as well, which is pretty scary. Uh, the other Scary part oh, is Dak Prescott. You know, we talked about Zeke earlier and his health concerns, but Dak is putting up some duds uh, recently. And there's you know playmakers all around him. Cooper's back. CeeDee Lamb's playing great. Uh, Dalton Schultz, you know, Cedric Wilson, Gallup's there. Like He's really has no excuse, but uh, he's not doing it. And uh, do you have any worries about him? Well, yeah, for sure. Like we obviously were both big believers in a bounce back year and, uh, you know, you can make excuses, whatever with the injury and what he was doing before that. But, uh, yeah, like I've got, I've got a couple teams where I need, uh, I need going into playoffs stack to step it up and, uh, it's not feeling very good. Now he did help me in our LOEG matchup that we'll, uh, I'm sure talk about later on. Uh, my opponent <laughs> was playing Dak, so I wasn't too disappointed that way, but, uh, yeah, you know, and it's funny because really a lot of the other weapons are still doing fine for fantasy. It's kind of like what we used to see from Matt Ryan last year, right? Where Julio could have a good game and uh, Ridley could have a good game. And Matt Ryan just was like the quarterback 20 on the week. Um, so hopefully he gets it figured out. But the, the defense is doing good things. The team is starting to get it back together and uh, maybe just at the right time. Well, it's really, I'm just, I, the reason I brought it up is, is, you know, there was a shoulder injury that was not a concern, but then it was a concern, and maybe that's something there, and we'll find out in the off season. but uh, the Cowboys are rolling, and, and number four is going to be back there as long as he can go. Uh, just, you know, keep an eye on him fantasy-wise. You may want to look at better options depending on the matchup, uh, which is hard to believe. 
But uh, that's fantasy football in the season. Uh, next matchup, this game was uh, super duper emotional. The uh, Denver Broncos beat up on the Lions, thirty-eight to ten. You know, terrible news came before the game of uh, the passing of Demarius Thomas at the age of thirty-three. Um, I don't know if you saw the tribute video that the Broncos put together. It was, you know, a tearjerker for sure. And then the opening play of the game, they take the field with only ten players as a tribute to him. Um, you know, just tragedy all around and, uh, you know, well played by the Broncos as far as honoring the, the late Demarius Thomas, but uh, just super unfortunate. Um, yeah, I don't really, it's, you know, we got to transition from that to the, the game itself. I mean, the Broncos t- took care of business. We thought they'd handle the Lions and they did. They ran all over them. The run game is amazing. Melvin Gordon had a huge day, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Javante Williams still looks like a superstar, even with Gordon there. I think he had over 20 fantasy points as well. But the passing game, I don't know, again, I don't know if this was game script and not being necessary, but they're signing receivers to big money contracts, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, and they're not using any of them, really. They're all hard to trust, basically impossible to trust. Even uh, Noah Fant, I know he led them in receiving, but I think he only had five catches for maybe 40 yards. So um, this is a hard offense to trust. And how would you rank, I wanted to ask you real quick, Kyle, how would you rank the receivers uh, for fantasy going forward, Judy Sutton, Patrick, what would the order be? Uh, that would be the order for me. Um, you know, it's it's obviously very early to talk about next year, but I I think the way things stand for me right now, it would be Judy first, then Sutton, then Patrick. Um, but uh, you know, there's something to the theory that they signed these guys not really too concerned about what they can do with Drew Locke or what they can do with Teddy Bridgewater, but uh, they signed them to have them locked up for whoever might be coming in next year. It might be a Deshaun Watson. It might be an Aaron Rodgers. It might be, a, you know, a Tua if, if uh, Miami, I almost said Montreal, if Miami decides to move on um, from Tua. Uh, I think that that was basically their focus was to say, look, you know, we've got a good defense. We've got... Uh, they'll have Javante Williams under contract. Uh, Gordon is a free agent this year, so he may not be there, but they may sign him up again and just have that one-two punch and say, look at our receiving weapons. Look at this. Look at that. We're ready for you. We just need a pass, you know, somebody throwing the ball. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was a tough uh, – it was a tough <laughs> – well, it, no, it was a it was a tough uh, you know tribute to watch to Demarius Thomas and uh, for fantasy oh, yeah. football, you know whether you were a fan of the Broncos or whatever, he was uh, he was a stud. He was a uh, you know a big name in the league, and uh, more so hearing all the players talk about him, teammates and opponents, and just you know saying he was as good of a football player as he was. He was ten times as good of a human being and that's you know saying something for a guy that was a uh you know multiple time all-star and super bowl champ um but uh yeah pretty tough pretty classy of the lions like you mentioned they came out with 10 players and uh took a delay of game penalty on the first play the lions declined the penalty um seeing that they left thomas's position empty and then when the defense came up with that big interception uh, ran over and put the ball down on the uh, 88 down on the field there. So, you know, pretty well handled. Uh, tough day for yeah, everybody, was, I'm sure. Uh, Sertan, I believe. And mm. uh, he was teammates with him for three years. Pretty amazing how quickly he found that logo, too. Was, I was like, impressed. So, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just tragedy. Yeah. No, absolutely. 
All right, so moving on here, we had the Eli Manning Bowl, the uh, New York Giants and the team that he wouldn't go to, the Chargers, and the Chargers took this one down. Giants 21, Chargers 37. Justin Herbert is legit. He is the only quarterback ever with 30 touchdowns in each of his first two seasons. And uh, no Keenan Allen, no problem. He found guys off the bench and threw them the ball and made them household names this weekend. Guyton and Palmer, uh, they both had touchdowns. Mike Williams was in there. The Giants are scrappy, but also crappy. I like that, Jeff. That's uh, Is that Dr. Seuss? Is that a quote? Uh, <laughs> I will not start them on my team. I will not start them or I'll scream. Um, yeah, not a, not a good, uh, season for the Giants after bringing in Galladay and, and feeling so good about their offense. Although in fairness, if they ever got any of them on the field together, it might, uh, might look better, but, uh, yeah, Mike Glennon, not the answer there. And, uh, you know, Austin Eckler, this was the big news in this game. Austin Eckler left this game early with an ankle injury, didn't return. Now the team said they don't really expect him to miss time, um, that you know, after the game, they came out and said if it had been a uh, a must win situation where they needed him, he could have toughed it out and gone in. However, they are the Thursday night game. It's a quick turnaround for the Chargers, so this is big, big, important news for fantasy managers in their first round playoff matchup. Keep an eye on Austin Eckler and what's happening at practice. Um, he was a DNP today, so I don't know that I feel very good about that. Yeah, not good. It's a huge game Thursday night, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be uh, – well, we'll talk about it later. Uh, this next one was a huge game, though. The 49ers and the Bengals went to overtime. 49ers that came out on top 26-23. to 23. Super fun game. Uh, George Kittle, what a monster. He is the tight end one going into playoffs, and if you've got him on your squad – on your squad you are feeling pretty good about your chances he just he's giving you the Travis Kelsey uh, advantage right he's doing what managers hoped he was going to do when they drafted him this year he's living up to the hype now the Bengals are you know feeling pretty good about their young quarterback Joe Burrow he's toughing it out through the pinky uh he led his team back they had some bad drops, some big mistakes, couple like two muffed punts in the first half. That can be a dagger that can lead to a massive blowout game. And instead, they fought their way back. Uh, Jamar Chase, who started, you know, he's been struggling lately, started the game just looking ugly, but redeemed himself with two touchdowns at the end of the game. And, uh, you know, this was just fun football. This was just great football to watch. And, uh, you know, two teams that don't always get the recognition they deserve, but they've got legit squads going up against each other and, uh, and you know, have the potential to still be good for, for years to come here. You know, you talk about Jamar Chase. He's had, you know, a couple bad games. There were obviously two touchdowns is great. He's already got 1,000 yards and 10 scores in his rookie season. So uh, four games to go, already had an amazing season. And T. Higgins is also, I think, three straight games here with 100 yards, which is just – Amazing. I love Joe Burrow. You know, I was talking to Todd who rosters him in our, our league of note. And he said, you're going to hate this guy. Like I hate Aaron Rodgers as he's a bears fan. And I said, I can't, he's just so cool. I can't help but root for Joe Burrow. So uh, yeah, we'll see how it plays out, but he's going to be in the league for a while, I think. And hopefully he is uh, next game, man. This was another one. It was a doozy. Um, kind of a tale of two halves for the bills, uh, but they ended up losing to the Buccaneers 33, 27 in overtime. Um, 
yeah, Brady is breaking all kinds of records. Basically, every completion now is a record. He's, he leads the NFL all-time in completions. He also throws a 700th touch, touchdown in overtime uh, to walk it off against the Bills, who desperately needed a win here. Um, you know, Josh Allen was running for his life the entire game. It's funny, this game script was like the exact opposite of the Bills-Patriots from the week before, where the Patriots had like three uh, pass attempts the whole game. The Bills didn't have a rush attempt from a running back the entire first half of this game, and I think they only ended up with six or seven on the on the day. So their run game is non-existent. Josh Allen was the entire run game this week, but he got beat up and he left the game uh, wearing a walking boot at the uh, at the end of the press conference anyways. So uh, that's something to monitor. Uh, I know he still had a huge fantasy day, but still not great uh, this time of the year. Zach Moss, healthy scratch again. Emmanuel Sanders left the game with a knee injury and didn't return. And uh, like I said, Josh Allen was wearing the walking boot. The Buccaneers are clicking. Brady's probably the, the favorite for the MVP right now at 44 years of age. It's just unreal. And, uh, yeah, the Buffalo Bills are in big, big trouble, which is going to be crazy because they got the you know they got the Panthers this week, and then they had a rematch against New England uh, the, the following week. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in Buffalo, but not uh, the season that we anticipated. Yeah, and you know what, man? Like, for whatever people think about Tom Brady, it's at the point where you need to just, whether you like the guy or not, whether you hated the Patriots, whether you hate that he went to Tampa Bay and, you know, oh, super team like the NBA, football's ruined, you've got to respect what the guy is doing. Like, I'm so tired of reading these comment sections on Facebook and Instagram when they, you know, they put up the graphic for his all-time completions record. People are saying, well, yeah, but Drew Brees only played 20 seasons. He played 21, so no duh, he's going to have more. Like, shut up. Just shut up. Just shut (laughs) up. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. I can say it. He's the GOAT. Just shut up. You're embarrassing yourself. He's an alien. Uh, Real quick on the Monday Night Game here. Um, So... Uh, the, the Rams are beating up on the Cardinals right now. They're up by two scores. And really quickly, just to sum up fantasy football in a nutshell, this week I – so in my one league, I roster both Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford. I drafted both of them. They're both having great years for me. My opponent had Carson Wentz and uh, – I can't remember who his second quarterback was, but they were both on a bye. So he had no quarterback. I was ahead of him in waiver priority. <laughs> I ended up scooping up Taysom Hill just to block him. And then with the, in the idea that I was going to just drop Chase, Taysom Hill afterwards because I needed to fill my kicker spot right before kickoff. So I block him. He doesn't get the, a good quarterback. I get my kicker. I should be in good shape. So I ended up starting Kyler Murray instead of those two. Taysom Hill has a huge day, which we're going to mention in a second here. Uh, Matt Stafford has thrown for three touchdowns and 184 yards but co- halfway through the third quarter. And Kyler Murray is sitting at, uh, what's he, 168 yards with two picks and two sacks. So <laughs> fantasy football is fun. Woo! <laughs> yeah, not great. Yep. Not great. Not ideal. All right, well, let's get to some of those studs. Let's hit up the fantasy podium. You're simply the best. The fantasy podium. At the quarterback position, like you mentioned, Taysom Hill, 15 for 175 through the air, but 11 for 73 and two rushing touchdowns, 26 fantasy points. So congrats to everybody who started Taysom Hill against the Jets. Uh, Second place, Thomas Brady, the golden boy himself, 31 attempts for 363 and two, plus a rushing touchdown. He looked pretty speedy out there, man. He had, uh, I think Tom Brady had more rushing yards actually than the Bills. And that's not a joke. That's a legit, uh, than the Bills running backs, that's a legit stat, I think. 
Uh, 30 fantasy points for Tom Brady. But number one, speaking of the Bills, Josh Allen, 36 pass attempts, 308 and two. He did have an interception, but uh, rushed for 12 rushes, 109 and one. 36 fantasy points for Josh Allen. At the running back position, our boy Najee Harris, 20 rushes for 94 and a touchdown. Plus, he caught three for 10 and another touchdown. 24 fantasy points. Big day in the loss. Uh, Rashad Penny living up to what Seattle's been hoping for for the first round pick. 16 rushes for 137 and two. The lucky Penny. He he shined him up. Uh, Well, it turns out all he has to do is be healthy, and he's pretty good. 26 fantasy points for Rashad Penny, but number one. Man, two of the top three running backs from the Thursday night game. Number one, the one-armed man himself, Dalvin Cook. 27 rushes for 205 and 2, 35 fantasy points. Huge day from Dalvin Cook on a lot of people's benches as well with the uncertainty if he was going to play and what kind of role he was going to have. So so, uh, heartbreak for some managers and, you know, glory for the ones that put him in their lineup with the uncertainty. Good on you. Uh, wide receiver, number three was Hunter Renfro. This guy is coming out of nowhere to just be a PPR stud. 13 catches, 117 yards, and a score. He did lose a fumble, but still had 22 fantasy points. And number two, Jamar Chase with the two scores. Five catches, 77 yards, and two touchdowns for 23 points. And number one, I mentioned him earlier, Tyler Lockett. Five catches, 142 yards, and a score for 25 fantasy points. And at tight end, we had Dawson Knox. Seven catches, 60 yards, and a score for 16 points. Mark Andrews, doesn't matter who the quarterback is in Baltimore, he's still going to put up big numbers. 11 catches, 115 yards, and a score for 23 points. And number one, this guy is going to be a positional advantage for anybody that's rostering him in the playoffs. George Kittle just taking over games, making huge catches on you know massive drives to end games to set up field goals and just doing everything they ask. Uh, 13 catches, 151 yards, and a score for 28 huge fantasy points. All right, and looking at the IDPs, third place, although on the eye test, this guy had the game of the week for sure. Miles Garrett from the Cleveland Browns. He had three tackles, one tackle for loss. He had one sack, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and one touchdown. Chopped it out of the quarterback's arm, scooped it up, ran it in, 20 fantasy points. Second best this week was Landon Collins, safety for the Washington football team. Five tackles, two tackles for loss. He had two sacks. A pass defended, an interception, and 22 fantasy points for you. But the number one IDP this week was Mike Hughes, cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Eight and a half tackles, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, one touchdown, 23 fantasy points. And if you happened to start him, you were pretty happy about five seconds into that game. Well, that was the good. This is the bad. Let's check out the fantasy flops. (laughs) Man... You are one pathetic loser. (laughs) Fantasy football busts. No offense. (laughs) No, none taken. (laughs) So, obviously, uh, some of these guys left early with injury. Some didn't, though. Lamar Jackson only had, what, four completions for 17 yards, and he rushed twice for five yards before he left the game, so not a ton of action there. Dak Prescott, 22 completions for 211 yards and one score with two picks. Not great. I think he had like eight fantasy points on the day. Tyler Henneke left the game early. He broke a lot of hearts with 11 completions, 122 yards. Touchdown with a pick and a fumble lost. Those are devastating, uh, especially if you league uh, docks points, if you take sacks as well. He was getting beat up all day. Uh, Derek Carr, 33 for 263 and a score. He also had a pick and a fumble loss, so he crushed you with only the one score there. Zach Wilson is a bum. 19 completions for 222 or 202 pointless yards. 
Uh, Trevor Forints, as we will now call him from uh, the rest of the time, had uh, four interceptions. That's going to kill you every time. And Matt Ryan is, you know, he's not doing it. It's it's ugly. Kyle Pitts isn't doing it either. Atlanta is a hot mess. I would stay away as much as you can. He had 19 completions, 190 yards, and a score. And uh, Jared Goff, you know, the Lions were a nice story last week, but uh, couldn't do it this week with uh, 215 yards, a touchdown with a pick, but not enough for uh, fantasy rosters, that's uh, for sure. Yeah. Now that the Lions got their win, like, I went from really rooting for them every week to, like, I literally don't care if they lose by 60 now. <laughs> like, I couldn't have yeah, I couldn't true. have cared less what happened in this game since they got their W. All right, at the running back position, Alexander Madison. A lot of people had him in their lineups thinking that he was going to be the main guy and Cook was going to be limited. Six for 27, not great. Nick Chubb, I told you, I told you, give him a wide berth. 17 for 59, tough one for him. Joe Mixon in the same division, 18 for 58. You know, didn't kill you, but not great. And uh, Zeke, we talked about 12 for 45. Uh, oh, Dontrell Hilliard, six for 13 on the ground. It was uh, Deonta Foreman all day, all day, all day. Not Hilliard. Sorry about that. Uh, Antonio Gibson had a dud, 10 for 36 and a fumble. James Robinson, he almost, almost out yarded his number of carries. Six carries for four yards. Not great. And Josh Jacobs, he did have five receptions, but. Uh, you know, nine for 24 on the ground, not what you're looking for from uh, the RB1 in Vegas. Also lost that opening snap fumble as well and kind of set the tone oh, for that yeah. whole game. Uh, <laughs> wide receivers, we talked about him earlier. Hollywood Brown had, you know, eight targets, but only hauled in five catches for 41 yards. Not enough for, you know, your WR2. Tara McLaurin, zero, puts up the goose egg with uh, getting hurt. He had four targets before getting hurt. Couldn't haul any of them in. And uh, keep an eye on him as the week unfolds here. He's in the protocol. Uh, Julio Jones returning to action, only had four catches for 33 yards on six targets, and DK continues to disappoint with uh, four catches of 43 yards on eight targets. Yep, and at the tight end position, Tyler Conklin. We had talked about Conklin and Osborne as the potential beneficiaries of Thielen being out. Osborne worked out, but Conklin did not. Two for 20 on two targets. Dalton Shorts, Dalton Schultz, while well, he was short on uh, points this week, <laughs> sure he hurt you one for four on three targets. Not great for the Cowboys tight end, but uh, hopefully bounce back. But this one, as good as George Kittle is making his managers feel, that's how bad Travis Kelsey managers are feeling. Three for 27. And uh, you must be thinking, oh, well, obviously the obviously the Chiefs, you know, got stifled in this game. Oh, no, they went out and scored 50 points. So, uh, yeah, bad bad feelings around Travis Kelsey right now. But uh, you know what, Jeff? A lot of people have questions. That uh, that game that we played in the opening kickoff probably rung true for a lot of managers. These fantasy flops are probably bringing on uh, PTSD. We need to help the, help the Falcomaniacs out. We need to show them where they can uh, fix things up, put that flex seal on. Let's hit up the waiver wire roundup. Falcomaniacs, it is playoff time. This is the time of year where the waiver wire is all about your team. So, you know, the way we have this laid out, you're only looking for players that help your team. Make sure you've got your starters set. Make sure you've handcuffed your own running backs if you need to do that. If there are other high upside running back replacements you want to stash, go for it. Set your defenses up for success. 
Now is not the time to hold on to these high upside flyers who, you know, you're going to want to see one or two good games out of. Because by the time that happens, you may be out of it or it may be championship week and you don't want to roll them out. So just, uh, you know, keep that in mind. The the, the uh, process when it comes to waiver wire changes a little bit when we hit playoff time. Yes, yeah, so let's check out some of the big names this week. We got Mr. Rashad Penny of the Seattle Seahawks running back. Finally healthy and went off against the Texans. Um, he left the game twice, which is we're used to seeing from Penny, but he came back and, and ended up the, on the having 137 yards and two scores on the day. Both were long touchdowns, which was great to see, uh, you know, the breakaway speed from Penny. Uh, he's a former first-round talent who has not been able to stay healthy. Uh, he's, now he's getting a chance to be a fixture in a lineup that is kind of rebuilding and trying to find their identity on offense. We know Pete Carroll uh, wants to run the ball. Hopefully Penny can stay healthy enough that he makes that happen. And, uh, yeah, they get the Rams next week, which is not an ideal matchup, but then they get the Bears and the Lions. So he could be uh, somebody that's trusted in, in the weeks that count. Uh, another running back we're looking at is a guy we've been mentioning all year long, Dearness Johnson. Dearness Scared Stupid is uh, – we've had him here, you know, three or four times. And with the injury to Kareem Hunt, uh, Ernest, uh, Dearness is going to have a role on the offense. And um, I don't know how big it's going to be. I'm thinking they, they should rely on Chubb and just let him be a feature, you know, bell cow back, but uh, that's not how they use him. And Johnson could have a role. So uh, he's worth stashing. If you, uh, if somebody did drop him after hunt came back, he's worth picking up for sure. I don't know if I would start him this week, but uh, you never know what's going to happen. And if Chubb goes down, Dearness is going to be a league winner. Know what I mean? All right. Uh, speaking, staying with the running backs here, we've got Jeff Wilson in San Francisco. So Debo Samuel surprisingly was back in action this week. Uh, he played his usual role as sometimes wide receiver and usual running back, but it was Wilson who saw the majority of the carries. He looked okay in this one. It wasn't a great matchup with the Bengals. Um, now Eli Mitchell could return. He was in, uh, you know, he had a knee injury plus it was in the concussion protocol but uh, it's worth picking up Wilson if he's available because the 49ers have a great schedule coming up. They've got the Falcons, the Titans, and the Texans. And if he's in line for work, he's good to go and he's good to plug into your lineup. Now, these next couple here, these are kind of, you know, desperation reaches. Maybe you lost a running back to injury. Maybe you've been kind of piecing things together. These are just possible, potential, maybe throw a penny in the wishing well plays. So uh, with the Miami Dolphins, we've got the trio of Philip Lindsay, Savon Ahmed, and Duke Johnson, all deep flyers. Miles Gaskin is the main man, but right now Gaskin, Lindsay, and Ahmed are all on the COVID list. Duke Johnson is the, the clear starter if none of those guys can go. Now they may get off of the COVID uh, reserve in time for Week 15's matchup, but the Dolphins play the Jets. This is where you want your running backs to be. If you've got a bench spot that you're not using, Grab Duke Johnson, grab any of these guys just in case, because if you get somebody running alone, even when the Dolphins running game against the Jets, you got to feel good about that in your flex spot. And same kind of thing uh, for the Thursday night game. We've got a trio of potential backups. Justin Jackson, Josh Kelly, and Larry Roundtree. We don't know what's going on with Austin Eckler. He left Sunday's game. The coaches say he could have come back. Now, uh, they had their, you know, they had their practice today. He was down as a DNP. It's only it's only a couple days till game day, so if it's too much of a rush, they may not risk uh, Austin Eckler. Obviously, they want him to be out there in a in an important game and a high scoring one that's coming up. Now, of the three, I would say Justin Jackson is the one that you want to own. This is a tricky one because we don't know how it would play out. 
But if you're desperate and you think that uh, if it looks like Eckler's not going to be in there and you've got a spot on your bench, might be worth grabbing one of these guys just in case. That's the time of year we're at, right? Where I mean, yeah, a lot of big names may have got you here, but it's not always about keeping those names in your lineup if they're not performing. And you might pick up a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, who uh, is the next guy we're going to cover on our waiver wire list. He's a Detroit Lions wide receiver, if you haven't heard of him. I know that isn't somebody we usually are targeting, especially this year. The passing game is super scary, but St. Brown has 12 targets in back-to-back weeks and seems to be a steady WR3 for fantasy or, you know, a flex-type player uh, for fantasy here. I know it's, you know, we're talking desperation area here, but the team's always going to be losing. Uh, as long as Goff stays in there and keeps looking at on Monroe St. Brown's way, I think you can start him and, and you'll be happy with it. So, uh, yeah, take a look at him and see if he's available in your league. Uh, another receiver we're looking at is Gabe Davis of the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, Manny Sanders left the game with an injury. We're not sure how uh, serious that is or if he's going to miss any time, but if he does... Um, you know, Gabe Davis has made plays for this Bills team plenty of times the last couple of years. Josh Allen uh, looks number 13's way, and he scored a touchdown last week. Um, and he could have a nice role here if Manny Sanders is out in a, on a team that doesn't know how to run the football with the running back. So um, I think, you know, you could do a lot worse than starting Gabe Davis in your flex this week and uh, take a look to see if he's available in your league for sure. Uh, next wide receiver, Rashad Bateman of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, this is a first-round draft pick this year. Obviously, his usage was not great. It had pretty much dried up leading up to this game. Uh, but with uh, Tyler Huntley coming into the game, Bateman went off. He had seven catches for 103 yards. And if Jackson is hampered by this ankle injury, he's not going to be able to run, uh, which means they're going to have to throw more. If he's out at all, Huntley's going to be in there. And I think he loves throwing Rashad Bateman. So he's worth uh, taking a look, see if this kid's available. Obviously, first-round talent for a reason. He's a, a stud player. He just needs a, you know the right passing game. And uh, it might be Huntley. So uh, take, a, take a look and see if he's available. I think they are on the Saturday night game. They're one of the Saturday night games this week, but uh, take a look at that as well. Uh, you know, just giving Lamar less time to get ready. But either way, um, take an eye or keep an eye on who's the quarterback there and pick up Bateman if he's available because he could be uh, big down the stretch here. And the last guy I'm going to mention is a quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, they were on a bye last week, but uh, you know, potentially has been dropped. But he's been playing some great football. They got the Jets coming up, who have been you know getting crushed by quarterbacks all year long. So if Tua is available, take a look and see if you can uh, stash him. I uh, much rather start him than Kyler Murray this week. So uh, take a look. Absolutely, and we've got some defenses you could look at streaming. You know, none of them are elite options, but uh, they might be out there in your league, and they've got a matchup that you might be able to take advantage of. So we got the Miami Dolphins taking on the Jets, like we mentioned. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles also coming off by taking on the Washington football team and the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, obviously the ability of Denver to run the ball is a little bit scary, but uh, the passing attack's not giving you any fears, and maybe Cincinnati can cause some turnovers as well. All right, man. Well, we got a few more things to get to here, and uh, this is what everybody waits for on our Tuesday show. This is the uh, the most popular segment of the show. Let's hit it up. Let's hit the Rudy of the Week. Rudy, 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 Rudy. Fantasy Falcon Football Rudy of the Week. He did it! He got the game for one play and made a tackle! I knew I shouldn't have started. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have started talking about how I was doing so much better than you lately. Because that really blew up in my face. Uh, my pick of Dontrell Hilliard did not turn out great. One fantasy point, so slightly better than leaving your uh, your slot open. But uh, KJ Osborne, three for 83 and a touchdown, 16 fantasy points. Way to go, Jeff. He nailed it. Rudy. 
Uh, this week I've got a running back and this is back to back ugly Rudy's for me. This is not, you know, this is a guy that could come through. <laughs> I don't love it. I feel better about this one, but, uh, I don't love it. If I'm being honest, I'm talking about Daryl Williams of the Kansas city chiefs. I just want to get a piece of this game. The Thursday night football game that we're going to preview in a few moments here. The chargers run defense has definitely improved since earlier in the season when they were bottom three, but it's still vulnerable. Uh, Williams is getting, you know, he's getting touches. He's not overtaking CEH as the main guy, but they've kind of become a one-two punch. But he also gets a healthy floor of targets in the passing game. Uh, He can get into the end zone, we just saw. Uh, once again and the Chiefs are going to do everything they can and scheme to get the ball into their playmakers hands and Williams is definitely a playmaker I like his odds to score a touchdown I like his odds to be involved in this game uh, that could be kind of a boat race Daryl Williams I'm crossing my fingers and my toes buddy you are my Rudy of the week Stamp that down right there. Uh, my Rudy of the Week is a guy I mentioned in the waiver wire portion of the show. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. You know, I mentioned 12 targets in back-to-back weeks. They're going up against the Arizona Cardinals, who are getting smashed right now by the Rams. So it looks like they might be in a bad mood as well. Uh, so I think they're already up by 11 points, actually, in Detroit next week. So uh, the game script is going to be there for the Lions. going to be passing all day. It sounds like DeAndre Swift is going to be out again. So the run game is going to be, you know, non-existent. And, uh, you know, if you get 12 targets from your receiver, usually it ends up in good things for fantasy. So I'm, I'm targeting the volume this week, and I'm going uh, for Amon Ross St. Brown as my Rudy of the week. Stamp it. And uh, just in case you're new to the show and not familiar with the Rudy of the Week, we should have said this off the top, but uh, these are players that you can plug in in a moment of need. You're in a moment of desperation. You lose your head for a minute. You need to put somebody in there who's just not going to goose egg you. And uh, so you're not expecting much. These aren't starts of the week, but these are, uh, you know, plug and play kind of guys. Well, let's check out the Thursday night preview and talk about some guys that we are going to be starting. Al, my prediction is that whoever puts the most points on the scoreboard will probably win tonight's football game. NFL previews. Uh, So, man, Thursday night is going to be a banger. It's going to start like uh, first of what, three days out of four that have huge football games with two games Saturday night and then a full slate Sunday. Oh, and then the Monday night as well. It's just so much football. I'm sure my wife's going to love it. But we start (laughs) Thursday night. With the nine and four Chiefs going into their division rival and facing the Chargers, we're at eight and five. Both teams coming off big, big wins, and uh, yeah, this is—I think this is going to be like the first. I know they've played already, but this is going to be like the first chapter of the actual rivalry. I think Herbert and Mahomes are going to be trading blows like Rocky and Apollo Creed, uh, Apollo Creed, and uh, it's going to be an awesome game with all kinds of fantasy action. Uh, so it'll probably finish 6-3 now that I've said that. But, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, the big storyline of the game is Austin Eckler. He left the game uh, last week early with an injury. Will he be back uh, for this game, and will he be 100%? Uh, he wasn't at practice today, uh, so early in the week, but something to monitor for sure, as was uh, Mike Williams. He also missed practice as well with a heel injury. So that's two big playmakers for this team uh, who are hopeful to have Keenan Allen back and, uh, you know, um, have you know everybody else playing on the field because they're going to need him going against this Chiefs defense who have been playing amazing football for six straight weeks. Uh, I know the Chargers are scoring at will, but the Chiefs D has been shutting down teams, and something's going to have to give on Thursday night football, and I can't wait to find out what it is. Uh, as far as the yeses, assuming everybody's healthy, you're starting like everybody. You know the Mahomes, Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan, Eckler, Mahomes again, Hill, Ceh, <laughs> Kelsey. Twice. Yeah, uh, even Daryl Williams. If uh, you're listening to the Rudy choices, he's probably closer to a a yes than a maybe. 
Um, I think there's going to be lots of points to be scored. The kickers, I'm confident as well, get them in there. Uh, Jackson Kelly, if there's no Eckler, um, I don't know if I trust either or any of them. Just Unless they come out and say, you know, this guy's going to be our guy, I don't know if I would start them in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Um, I know Guyton and Palmer both had nice days, but if Allen's back and if Williams is playing, I don't know if I trust – well, I definitely don't trust either of them if both those guys are back, but if Allen's back and Williams was to miss the game with his heel injury – it's a coin flip between Gutton and Phil and Palmer. Again, this is the first week of the playoffs. You want guys you can trust and rely on, and I don't know if either one of those guys is that uh, the first week of the playoffs. And uh, Jared Cook had a, a touchdown. I know tight end's a hot mess. You could do a lot worse. So um, he's probably ranked in you know the middle of my tight end rankings for this week. So uh, you could do a lot worse, but you could probably do better if you look hard enough and, and give it a little more time. So, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a fun game, but I'm taking the Chiefs to win uh, their seventh straight. I'm with you, man. The Chief. The Chief are going to get it done. All righty. Well, that does it for the NFL. But before we go, we've got to hit up the league that knows how to have fun, the league that knows how to put up some stunners, talking about the L-O-E-G, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Welcome to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm waiting to be impressed. So our game of the week, it was, uh, I was hoping you were going to get your second W of the season, but uh, at least at the time that we started recording, I can check in live right now, but at the time that we started recording, uh, you were projected to go down to surprise. Surprise was projected for 187 to 174. Uh, right now it's 182 to 172. So a good week for your team, man, like promising things for next season for sure. But uh, fell just short, and looks like you're gonna. This season, I'm winning that first overall pick. We get the play down. I'm my team's getting hot at the right time. Sure, I'm sure, sure. I'm sure, sure, good. sure. Yeah, no, no, you're in a good spot for a rebuilding squad for sure. But uh, this guy is scaring people. The top score of the week, the Crap Burger Chefs, projected for 242 fantasy points. Yikes. That is not what everybody wants to see out of uh, Todd's squad going into playoffs is just putting up these monster weeks. Now, the low score of the week, this, the Christian of the week, as we uh, like to lovingly refer to, this was a (laughs) shocker because this is a playoff team. This is the number four seed Chiefs Kingdom. Now, obviously was hurt uh, by Lamar Jackson not being um, active for the whole game for his roster here, but 91 points is where he's projected right now. So, uh, you know, that just shows the... The level of parity or disparity in the league that, uh, you know, the Crapburger Chefs, who are the number five team, are putting up three times as many points as the number four team going into playoffs. So it's a wild and wacky one. But before we close things out, Jeff, I've got to, uh, you know me, Mr. Humble, Mr. Modest, but I've got to tell you something, Falcomaniacs. Five weeks into the season, 0 and 5. That's where both of our teams were sitting. And what did I say, Jeff? I said, I I think I can make it to five and five. And then from there, I'm going to just make a push. After tonight, barring something crazy, so I'm probably jinxing myself right now, I'm going to finish our regular season at nine and five. I'm going to complete a nine-game winning streak in the LOEG, and I'm rolling into playoffs feeling pretty good about my uh, chances to finish in fifth place. <laughs> well, what's interesting too is because we're you know you're going to face the same team three times this year, right? There's a few matchups that ended up with with the extra week. It happens to be the same team they faced week one, week fourteen, and now they're going to face again in the in the playoffs. So um, we're we're almost developing some rivalries here with the extra week, which was something that we weren't anticipating. But uh, with the uncertainty of the extra game, uh, which is great. But uh, yeah, man, this 
is it. This We made it, Falcomaniacs. We did it. We hustled. We grinded. We kept our teams afloat. We got through bye weeks, injuries, COVID lists, and goose eggs. And now it's time for the Fantasy Falcon Playoffs. We're here for you to get your, uh, your ass on the road to the champ town. So now's the time to send us your fantasy questions. Send us an email at fantasyfalconfootball@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Leave us a voice message at the, show, uh, the link in the show description. And for more Fantasy Falcon football content, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FalconManiacsFootball. If you needed a Monday Night Miracle, we hope you got it. Let's get ready to hit those waiver wires, dominate those matchups. Congrats to Kyle for winning nine in a row. I hope you win three more. And everyone else, don't forget to set your Falcon lineups. Woo! Playoffs, baby!